Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Gosh, if something is not in your zone of genius and it's not highly profitable for you as an individual or as an organization, you may want to consider quitting doing that thing. Welcome to Rocket Your Business for Trade Contractors. This podcast is designed to help trade contractors run their businesses more efficiently and profitably by eliminating chaos and discovering new growth opportunities. Learn from experts in the trades how to rocket your business to the next level. I'm Chris Shank. I'm the education lead at Estimate Rocket, and we are excited to have Corwin Smith from Culture to Cash with us on the podcast. He's been on the podcast before. We start off fast into leadership topics. We get into delegation, which is a beast for a lot of business owners. Corwin says that a lot of leaders are looking to delegate in ways that don't blow up in their face. Delegating can be really hard depending on who you are and what your company is like. But Corwin talks about a few keys to better delegating and to improve over time. Corwin believes that delegating is a key to success, and we believe it is too. Corwin Smith, how you doing, man? Welcome to the podcast again. Awesome. Great to be here, Chris. Thanks. Good catching up with you. Um, I was just saying, miss you. Like, you've coached Estimate Rocket in the past, and you still... Um, advice from time to time. And I know that I look to you for leadership. Um, and I don't say that about a lot of people. Um, you've brought influences into my life, books I've read, thoughts that you've kind of handed over. And uh, it's been very influential in the way I think about business and business leadership and a lot of you know business leadership that we work with in their companies. We work with a lot of companies. I'm always passing along the things that you passed along to me. So extremely helpful stuff. You have something going on right now called Culture to Cash. Before yeah. we get started, tell us a little bit about what, what's happening with you. Yeah, man, Chris, first off, thanks for the uh, for the acknowledgement. It's really generous of you, especially with someone like yourself. It's, uh, you know, you spent a lot of time developing yourself and training. So, you know, I don't take that lightly. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I miss the Estimate Rocket team. Like um, what's cool about what I get to do is I get to work closely with leaders. And what's interesting about it, Estimate Rocket is, is like, you know, the other companies I work with is just really getting into their world and how much they actually care and obsess over their customer success. Like mm. it's not just something they paste on their website, like estimate rocket just doesn't put it on a website or on a marketing brochure or something like that. It's like being able to sit there in the war room with you guys and watch you guys as a team, literally obsessing over like, how do we help our clients win more? How do we help them make more money and have a better quality of life at the end of the day? So yeah, it's just so fulfilling. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what's changed in the last couple months with me. Um, culture to cash. I, I don't know if last time we talked, if uh, I was wearing the culture to cash brand or not, so to speak. Um, I partnered up with with two other uh, coaches or consultants. Um, both of them had actually spent years in men's transformational training. Um, both successful entrepreneurs with exits, and uh, yeah, we started you know working together kind of loosely and and. Uh, I figured they figured I'd rather build together than, uh, you know, build alone. So uh, mm-hmm. there's three of us now. Um, we're just having a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the focus is still fundamentally the same, Chris. It's really helping leaders have greater autonomy um, in their business, um, but also making more profit and ultimately cash. Because, like, 
you know, there's a lot of people that love to say things out there about making a difference and making an impact, which is cool. But if you're not making money at the same time, like it's not working. Right. It's just not working. Yeah. It's like, so our focus is really the triple bottom line. Like how do we make a difference in the world? Like deeply um, impact the world in a positive way. How do we make profit at it? And then also like, how do we have some fun along the way? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you hammered hedgehog principle when, you know, yes. with the coaching that you've done with us and yeah. I will never forget, you know, and I know this concept, was it Jim Collins that it originated from? It sounds yeah. like what you're talking about. Having fun sounds like another element in there. Maybe, maybe yeah, that's passion. Yeah. yeah. So the passion, it's right. It's going to be passionate at it. What is it? You got it. Something that the the world wants or needs something like best that. And then something makes money. Yeah. Could be best in the world and then profit per X. Okay. And, um, it's interesting because what's so hard about that and um it is as an individual you know as individuals we can also develop our own individual hedgehog concept but also at a company is like getting real with ourselves and what can we not be best in the world at and maybe should we quit doing it mm. like yeah maybe i mean maybe and, and it just really depends on the company and their yeah. strategy um but uh, it's a far more difficult principle to master as an organization, but also as an individual is like owning, like, like I'm decent at it, but maybe right. I shouldn't be more. Yeah. Well, that that's a, in, in just a second, that's going to be a great segue to the topic. Cause I'd asked you, Hey, what, what kind of topic do you find coming up again and again in your coaching? Yeah. And uh, we talked delegating is a big issue. Um, but, but you were talking about, the what do you not do what what can you be best in the world at but that means saying yeah. no to these other things you're not best in the world at but i think that's a right. huge issue and leads to delegating um you know we hear never ever 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 give up you got all the memes uh, yeah, got, yeah was it churchill or you know i forget who it like, was it sounds like churchill yeah, yeah. like never yeah. give up never give up i even there was a yeah. in college i remember my freshman year and somebody went around in the circle pointed and at people in the face and tried to be and inspirational it's inspiring never, and it lights never. you up and it energizes yes. you right and that's helpful and like that stuff's helpful, but <laughs> the flip side is <laughs> you got to stop doing gotta it. Quit. So Sometimes yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. There's yeah. good leadership stuff out there. I'm sure you know what books are written on the topic of you yeah. have to know when to quit. If you've got grit, you got to know what to quit. I remember yeah. I was reading an article about that. And I'm like, yeah, I truly have always believed that Nick May owner of uh, walls by design. We just had him on another podcast and he always says, you got to say, you got to know, say, you got to know what to say no to. Oh, I say yeah. if, if you don't have no power or the power to say no, then you have yeah. no power. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's interesting because it's common um, when I work with clients, like um, first year to two, like there's significant improvements in like communication and company culture and um, how much time it work takes to manage the day to day. But it usually takes like two to three years for them to click over where their net profit just really skyrockets. Like it's not uncommon for clients net profit to double in 24 months. And a piece of it is because we actually start quitting the stuff that just doesn't work for them as an organization and their profitability skyrockets because they've freed up resources and energy where they're actually making money and where they're actually winning. And it's so wild. And it's like the Churchill stuff or, you know, never give up and never surrender. Like it's cool. And like, it, it's really motivating. And I think the motivation thing's important um, but the hard part is like, no matter how motivated and, and energized and lit up I am, if I'm a, and this isn't derogatory, a ditch digger, 
I'm only going to make so much money digging ditches. Right. No matter how hard I go at it and how much effort right. and how much energy I put into it, the market's only going to bear so much money paying me to dig ditches because there's tractors yeah. out there. It's the work harder versus work smarter. You're going to run into that's that. It. That's it. That's exactly it right there. So that's the old adage, work smarter than work harder. And it's like, um, yeah, if you want to grow something significant, like there's no trade-off, you're going to have to put in the time and you're going to have to do the work. You have to be gritty. Um, but at the same time, like, gosh, if something is not in your zone of genius and it's not highly profitable for you as an individual or as an organization, you may want to consider quitting doing that thing. I love it. Just the way you said that you may want to, we could have ended the podcast on that. Like, I think people understand you may want to think about quitting because isolated you think oh i'd never believe that in context it makes a whole lot of sense yeah. um so let's go to this this idea of quitting i don't know who knows this could be like the title of the podcast just yeah. to bring people in a little bit but delegating is about in leadership i mean i'm throwing this out there as a statement but yeah. you can correct me and then take yeah. it it's about quitting things that maybe you're not good at or somebody else is good at and let somebody else do it. Not necessarily. There's some things you quit as a company or you don't offer sure. such and such. Yeah. But sometimes it's truly about just saying, I'm quitting that in my role, but I know how to give that to somebody else so it doesn't stop. 100%. Is that a fair um, assessment of what leads to delegation? A hundred percent. That's perfect, Chris. Yeah. I mean, really, um, when, when you look at delegation, um, a lot of leaders I run into they carry around this story about people and about their teams and about employees that like, I can't rely on anyone and I can't trust anyone. And like, no one can do it as good as I can. And like all of these negative stories about delegation. And what's fascinating is like, when I actually start to sit down with these leaders and talk to them and like, okay, tell me about when you delegated in the past, how did it go? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, well, you know, I handed off um, whatever it was. I handed off estimating to this estimator that had this huge resume and this huge background and experience and they, and they failed miserably. And I'm like, take me through the steps of handing it off. What did you do? Mm. Oh, I had, had him ride along with me for a day and I showed him kind of how our things work and where our red lines are on pricing. And then, you know, I sent him out to the field and I gave him good leads and they couldn't, couldn't do anything and they couldn't close it. And the stuff they did close wasn't profitable. That's not delegating. Right. That's abdicating. That's abdication. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's just kind of like quitting it. something and handing it off. Mm-hmm. Abdicating. abdicating abdicating yeah so the game so what it looks like to me in business is like the game we're constantly in is um trading trading up our time so we get more into our zone of genius or our personal hedgehog concept we're constantly letting go or shedding things that we do that are not in our zone of genius or hedgehog concept mm-hmm. that's the game we're in um, so that we can focus more and more on where we're actually going to be able to make the biggest impact for the business simply right? like that. And so continuing to shed things that, you know, we're not best suited to do. Um, you know, we use a series of tools for this, the TTI assessments, you're familiar with those. Yeah. Those are super helpful. We use job scorecards, processes, checklists, love, loathe exercise, but there's a series of tools we use to help leaders figure out like, what do I let go of first? And how do I let go of it in a way that it doesn't blow up? That it doesn't blow up. That's another phrase. Yeah. that I love Because, you know, that's what you're talking about. What we've talked about before is delegating. Totally. seems like it blows up in your face when people abdicate. I like that. You give, you're yeah. giving me a word to contrast with the way it should be. Um, a phrase I heard even, again, 
Nick May has said this, yeah. you got to inspect what you expect. So implying there's a process, not just saying, I want you to do this, but there's a process right. and, a, and a correct process, not just a process. It's got to be, I mean, it's got to be super intelligent, right? You want a smart yeah. company. You want to make smart money, which is a lot of money <laughs> and consistent, um, yeah. you know, repeatable income and all that stuff. Yeah. So if you want to do that smart, you've got to pick smart people around you and you got to have a smart process. So your the intelligence has to be across the board with every process that you have. If it yeah. drops and it's like, well, this is below par, not very yeah. in, an intelligent process, but I want intelligent income and all that stuff. Something's not right. So you're yeah. talking about a way to keep this very structured um, and complex, but simply yeah. pro simple enough, right? I mean, yeah. and you got a lot of good yeah. tools. Do you guys still use Metronome, by the way, to help out the power of this? I use Metronome, man. It's a good software. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a good software. And, and you know, I, I really tell leaders like this is a business management platform. That's what it's for. Um, it's to really manage the, you know, on the business versus in the business type stuff. Yeah. 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 So super yeah. helpful for that. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, it's 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 hard, Chris, because um, I, I run into it all the time with contractors where um they're overwhelmed. They're working like way more hours than they want to. They're, you know, not showing up for their families. Like it's just not going well. And so the first place they go is they just hire someone. Like they post a job uh, listing on a deed or, uh, or they get a referral for someone and they bring them in and they fail to actually onboard the person properly, screen them properly, but onboard them properly. And then they keep carrying the same story. Like I can't trust anyone. I have to do it all myself and everything right. else. And it's like, you just miss like some really fundamental pieces. None of it's magic, but like mm -hmm. really fundamental pieces that help people set up that set them up for success. And the other thing that happens is when they go through the onboarding and they hand people processes, the next place they run to is like, I don't have time to like babysit me, make sure people follow the process. And they don't, mm. they don't, I don't either. So that's why it's so critical to have KPIs or metrics in place that help us measure success in the role in a regular reporting rhythm, mm. like a heartbeat rhythm for the organization where those metrics are reported in. And so it's just really simple. Like I can, I can sit there in a weekly meeting with my team and identify, did they have a good day slash week or not? And if they didn't have a good week because their metrics are down, then we'll have a quick, quick coaching conversation to get them unstuck and move on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that's smart management. And it's something that maybe a lot of people come into business ownership. I'm not having the experience with not, not that they're not smart or they're not good managers, right. but somebody, I think it was Jason Paris says that a lot of um, trade companies may not have people at the top who have middle management experience. Sure. And so at some point you got to get help. I mean, that's why you guys exist, right? Yeah, it's because, exactly. you know, don't you know that this is exactly why we're trying to help is because we're not expecting you guys to know exactly how to do it. And maybe that's a way of saying too, it's okay. Or it's not your fault. <laughs> if we yeah. go back to the, yeah, it's, it's, it's not totally. your fault. It's no problem. It's your problem. You have the yeah. problem, but it's not your yeah. fault. No one's, no one's trained anyone on how to manage effectively or lead effectively. Like it's, it's less than 1% of business leaders are trained on how to effectively manage and lead. Wow. And um, so it's like, yeah, like you, you just weren't taught most contractors that I work with. Um, they're really great at their craft, um, very, um, very strong in whatever their trade is. And so they decide to start a business. Um, Michael Gerber of the E-Myth uh, calls it a technician that had entrepreneurial seizure. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, so they start bringing people on and they bring people on and they want people to do it exactly how they did it. Okay, yeah. It doesn't right. work. No. They're not going to do it exactly how you did it. They're not. That, that's one. They won't do it because yeah. they're different. They have different skills, maybe different interests. Yeah. But also, yeah. would you say two is times have changed in your company? Not just not just in your company, but your company changes, your offerings change, your structure, yeah. leadership, people change, and the environment, economy is changing. But yeah. the world is a different place a year from when you started the company, right? What yeah. did you say? Yeah, it's it's definitely a different cultural environment. What's interesting though is like the um the the systems that we help teams implement, I mean, they really transcend cultural or mm. um generational, you know, barriers. It's it's really like just business fundamentals. I don't have a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. just really business fundamentals and you know what's mm, I, i'm gonna say yeah i'm gonna say like um sad to see is uh over the last six months we've been doing more exit planning with entrepreneurs and it kind of started because we had we had a handful of uh contractors reach out to us and they said hey look like i want to sell my business do you have anyone that you know could help us and we're like hey look like we're not brokers we're not investment bankers it's not our world um, and as we started to have conversations with them, what we figured out is like these business owners were so frustrated with being a business owner, like they were so tired of managing people and not making as much money as they'd hoped that they're like, I'm just going to throw the towel in. Mm. And as we started to have conversations with them, Chris, what we what we discovered and uncovered is they're actually just after exiting a tight situation called, I can't work any more hours. I'm not making as much money as I hoped. I need help. Uh, mm-hmm. So what they think is like, I'm just going to sell the company and be done. What's even more interesting about this is, is uh, you know, normally what we'll do is we'll take, take them through a process where we'll actually evaluate their business and help them understand what their business would be worth today. And then what's exciting is we do some modeling. And if they make some simple changes in their business, what their business might be worth in three to five years. Nice. That's and cool. um What's what's wild is like consistently we're seeing anywhere from five to eight hundred percent increase in value over three to five years. Wow. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, like significant, significant shifts. Um, and then underneath it is like what we actually do is we help them identify where their pinch points are with their team using those TTI trimetrics assessments. And we help them identify, like, yeah, like you're frustrated with your team because you've got Tom in sales, for instance. Um, and no way, no how is Tom going to be a strong sales guy? Like, that's just not his makeup. Like, so yeah, like he's not selling well, or you, or you got Sherry in customer service. And at the end of the day, like Sherry just doesn't really like interacting with people. She's probably a better accounting or, um, data analyst type. Right. And so what's cool is we kind of give them like a, an MRI of their business and we help them understand where they're at today, what their business is worth today, what it could be worth. And then where are your pinch points and why this is relevant is because we help them identify that like, look, in the next 90 days, we can totally change the situation with your frustration with your people. Hmm. Um, We uh, the the first the first customer that we actually did this with was in February was a plumbing contractor. I'm having coffee with him and he's like, hey, Corwin, like I want to sell my business. I'm so burned out. He's like, I'm just done. And we started to develop the conversation. Fast forward 128 days later, we're here in the room with his team. How are things going? He's like, look, we've never had more cash in the bank. um, And I've never had to work less in my business. But the third thing that's also happened is like, I actually enjoy working with my team again. Woo, that's good. 
That's the miracle right there. That's the miracle right there. And it came down to like some just like little tweaks and changes that we make that uh, um, are uncommon. So most entrepreneurs, like they're not obvious. Um, They don't think to make them intuitively. And it's not because they're not smart or they're dumb or something else. It's just an uncommon way of seeing it. Hmm. And like the results are dramatic. And so what's cool for this business owner is like what's opened up for him is like, hey, I could actually grow this business another three or four years and sell it in four years and sell it and actually make a real amount of money, like life changing money and not just a little bit of money so I can get out of uh, an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love that. Um, if you're lost, you could be very close to a solution, but light years away in a sense, you know, like if you can't yeah. find your way and that's probably why people are like, I'm done. Even if I'm close, I don't know how close, but when you have somebody who can see differently and say, actually, you're not very far off. It's not tons of extra work. It's just smarter work. Here's right. where you just need some some guidance there. But totally. man, I, I, that that team thing, feeling comfortable with your team again. Yeah, it's one thing. You got to be profitable as a company. But I hear a lot of a lot of stress in companies come from the team, from you know, like not knowing how to structure leadership or not getting the help yeah. that you need, and that's what's causing the burnout or conflict yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, if I was to ask you. A couple, if it's a couple, and you've named a lot of points, we've talked around a little bit, but people didn't know exactly what to do to start getting there. They, they're like, well, I'm lost. Yeah. I hear a lot of good thoughts here, but what would you say the next three or so steps to start moving in the right direction? Yeah. Like, so, so if I find myself as a leader, like in a total bind or a pinch, um, and and I know like I got to start sloughing some stuff off or like handing some stuff off, um, the first thing I do is a love loathe exercise and where it, where it fundamentally starts is actually just, you know, you can do it on your, your iPhone, if you'd like on a note, or you can do it on a piece of paper, however you do it at the end of the day, just writing down the literal tasks you did. Mm. What are the tasks you did today? And keeping that task list for a week usually will actually meet the bar because what happens for a lot of business owners is they don't even know what they're doing every day. They just know they're really damn busy and they're right. They are busy. You are busy, but actually writing down the tasks you're doing and doing it, keeping a log for at least a week, maybe two weeks if you really feel like you need to, but a week will usually do the trick. And then at the end of the week, like looking at the tasks you're doing and asking yourself two questions, like on a scale of zero to 10, how much do I love doing this? Like it lights me up. It gives me energy to do it. Number one, because it doesn't, if it doesn't give you energy to do it, you're not going to do it long-term and you're not going to do it well long-term. And then the second piece here is like, where does this fit in my unique ability? Like a 10 is like, I'm the only one in in probably our world or or our area or that I could afford that could do this job or this task is a 10. A one is like, I can hand it to anyone. Like this is really simple. Okay. And what I'm doing is where there's a shared aggregate score between the two, when you combine them less than 10. Okay. And like, that's the stuff I got to prioritize to hand off and delegate. Okay. So you add the two together, which you yeah. say a perfect score would be 20. You, sure. That you, means like that's in my zone of genius and right. I love doing it. Keep that stuff. Don't let go of it. And then if, if it adds up to a 10 total, 10, between or, less. Two things, yeah. then 10 or less, this is yeah. good, um, good material. Start looking for somebody to either, either hire to do or to hand off. Yeah. As a start, like figuring out. I'm figuring out, like, how do I hand this off? Like, who do I have on my team that this actually fits their unique ability and their passion? Mm, okay. um, 
and moving from there. And sometimes it comes down to like, you got to make a hire. Um, other times it's like, you got a team member that has capacity and they could take on a little bit more for you. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. You're putting some numbers to, to a feeling you kind of have to start doing that. Otherwise it's so vague and instinctual. Totally. You got to make it a little bit more a hard copy maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, what's, what's interesting is there's more and more of these, uh, um, you know, offshore, um, firms that hire folks out of the Philippines and staff folks out of the Philippines and Mexico. Um, I mean, it's wild. You can get full-time employees for like $2,000 there that are highly capable. Mm. Um, and many times that's what leaders figure out is like, man, much of this stuff can just be offshored. Like I actually don't have to do it myself physically in person. I can mm-hmm. offshore it um, to the Philippines, for instance. And like you run into the same situation. If you offshore to the Philippines, you got to make sure you delegate it effectively to whoever you hire there. Um, oh, sure. Versus, yeah. You know what? Again, I don't know why this yeah. keeps going back to, I just did this podcast with Nick May. Um, we had a yeah. couple people on and we, it was like four of us. We had a great conversation, but he was talking about, he has a, a yeah. virtual assistant in the Philippines, yeah. but yeah. he said the same thing is, and that's where I got the whole, um, you have to inspect what you expect. Cause he says yes. it wasn't just enough to hand something over and say, do this. There's some training. Right. He said a big key was having processes written oh, down, yeah. you know, yep. some scripts and things like that. But, um, 100%. but that's, a, that's a good point. Maybe a good start for some people. hundred percent, man. Yep. And, any other keys in, as you steadily improve at delegating, what's, what comes down further down that road as you um, keep getting better? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the first thing is like identifying what you got to hand off. Like that's number one. Um, then number two is, um, making sure you have clear processes for whatever you're handing off to support people. Um, and like expecting people to do it exactly how you did it is not going to happen, but a clear process outline, like the 10 to 15 steps to get this process done successfully is helpful. Um, and then in some cases, like it really comes down to having checklists. Um, in my last business, we, we were a fire and flood restoration contractor. Um, we, we had like checklists for everything. Mm. And what happened was like, there was daily tasks that had to be done weekly tasks for our technicians. Like we wanted to deliver a unique level of service for customers. And so we hired for this and like, we cultivated it with our team, but we also didn't leave it to chance. Our technicians had a checklist for every day they were on the project of certain points they needed to hit that we knew was going to deliver a level of customer experience um, and customer impact that we wanted. Mm. And so like, yeah, really what it comes down to is there's certain things you just can't leave up to chance. Right. And again, it's not because people are dumb or they don't care. It's just, we are so overwhelmed with information today that, right. um, you know, you we, just, we've got to have checklists for the things that are critical. You know, I was, flew last night from Jacksonville home and you know the pilot these pilots I mean the dudes looked pretty old they were going through their checklist there in the cockpit as I was boarding the plane and I'm sure they've flown that plane specific plane you know I don't know 3,000 times or more I mean they're probably expert level but they're still going through their checklist yeah I mean, this Which is, is why this the airlines is, are so safe, you know. I hear, I hear medical teams. I so check yeah. checklist manifesto. I haven't read it. Yeah. I've just heard a lot yeah. of feedback from it. That yeah. it may seem a very, but isn't it isn't it nice that it's a very simple tool that yep. can help you a lot? Totally. I, I like it because sometimes totally. some tools are a little bit more complex, but very simple when it comes down to it. So hundred percent enjoy that. 
you know, a lot of new information. It sometimes helps just start with a couple things and they're usually pretty simple. At some point, a lot of people need help. I, I want to yeah. remind, remind everybody again that um, you're not expected to understand or come up th- with these things all on your own to do it all. Yeah. Business is not about doing it all by yourself. It's quite the opposite. But as totally. you build a team, you have to accept that more and more. And some people have, that's maybe one of the first steps is acceptance. It's like, okay, you know, as you build a team and you grow, yeah. you need help. Are you ready to accept help? You know, so. Well, um, in, in that conversation about help is interesting, Chris, because like that's fundamentally how we have thrived as human beings for thousands yeah. of years is by getting help. Right. Um, you know, I, I went to the gas station yesterday as I fueled up the rental car uh, at uh, before I took it back to the airport. And like I had to put gas back into the rental car. I didn't like manufacture and mine my own um you know, oil, crude oil, and then refine. No, like I got help by going to the gas station and I gratefully paid for help at the gas station for fuel to refill the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be absurd here. What I'm trying to point out is like part of being human beings is being, is getting help. Yeah. Like, so, you know, getting help is not about being um, weak or something else. We human beings are insufficient. Fundamentally we are, yeah. we are fundamentally insufficient. And so we are constantly buying or acquiring help however we can to survive and thrive. And like the people that get this quicker are the more successful people. I was listening to Richard Branson speak a couple of years ago and someone asked him about, um, you know, like who does your laundry? He's like, I haven't done laundry since I was 18. (laughs) He's like, you know, like, and like when you look at someone like Richard Branson, uh, who's a billionaire, self-made billionaire. Um, yeah, his whole attitude is like, I'm, I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do that's not in my zone of genius. And I think he's probably on more of an extreme end. But um, right. getting help is not, it does not mean you're weak or something else. Like it's just fundamental part of being human. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I always challenge leaders to look like, how did you get here? Did you build your own car? You got electricity in your house. Did you generate your own electricity? We are constantly taking help all the time. Yeah. Well, I know the estimate rocket met you at a conference where people go to get help from other people. I tell my kids all the time, like knowing how to ask for help is a, not just survival skill, but thriving skill. Like the totally the best people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in my edge. I need help. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's a skill that can be developed too. So anyway, as we're talking about that, if people are thinking, and this was not just a lead to this, but sure. uh, if people are needing help with this and want to understand more, they like some of what you said, how can they find out more about you or Culture to Cash? Yeah, the best way is just to go to culturetocash.com. Um, and uh, yeah, you can book a call there. And myself or one of my two business partners, we're happy to have a conversation with you and cool. see if we can help. Cool. And well, and what's what's interesting, Chris, is like, not every leader we talk to is a fit for what we do. So it's mm. probably like 50 or 60% of the time we have a conversation and it's like, yeah, Hey, like this is probably a better person to help you or a better resource. Um, because at the end of the day, like what we're after is actually really making significant difference for business owners and yeah. we can't help everyone. So uh, at the end of the day, many times it's like, Hey, here's a referral or a resource that's better fit. And then sometimes it's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's work together because we can absolutely help you. Well, you've been extremely helpful to us. You still are helpful to us. Thanks for being on this podcast. Yeah. Love talking to you, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks, Chris.
Rocket Your Business for Trade Contractors is brought to you by Estimate Rocket, makers of the top sales and job management software for contractors. Manage the chaos and rocket your business to the next level. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.